0: Begin. <laughs>
1: It is a uh, Wednesday here on the Dave Ellswick Show, and good to have you along with you. Uh, If you guys want to take off your headsets, you can. We'll just talk here in the studio, because if you don't, you're going to get a two-second delay in your your head, and you're going to go crazy. But uh, at six minutes after six, let me remind you that this time last week, it was two degrees. (sighs) It was two degrees outside, and right now it's like 54 (laughs) and one
2: week we we went from uh, zero to 60 real quick yeah it was was
1: wonderful for me i loved you know i i didn't even want the snow you know all the people who have lived in arkansas always want to see some snow and
2: i don't know if they feel that way now after what happened it was nice to have one snow two snows may have been too much <laughs> that may have been, uh, been what did us a end. bridge too far i'm what always happy you? to
3: see it from inside looking out i don't want any part of it
2: oh well, yeah i'm well,
3: okay to look at it
1: i live up on a a hill uh that i live on the ridge that looks down on Greystone mountain cabin and uh, i i don't make enough money to live in greystone i can look down on the rooftops <laughs> of greystone so i'm 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 sitting there and i'm thinking that there's that hill and you just can't get up it when it yeah. gets slippery you can't get up it i can't get up my street to get to my house when it gets slippery and a guy came out with his four wheel nick came out with his four wheeler and put a, had a plow on it and he cleaned our road off so that we could get out and so I immediately, where did I go? I went to Walmart. Yep. <laughs> I don't know why, because there was nothing in Walmart that you mm-hmm. could buy. Uh, they still, yesterday, I was over there. Heidi, they still don't have any Cokes at Walmart.
3: That's what was missing at my Walmart.
1: None, hmm. and I'm wondering what's going on with that. I, okay. They had
3: toilet paper and Lysol.
1: Yeah, they had but all no that. Cokes. Yeah, <laughs> they had they got that kind of stuff. But That's yeah, right. no, there was no Diet Cokes to be found. Of hmm. course. I am now not buying Diet Coke uh, as after I sent my, my little reminder to Coca-Cola that I am white and I am not uh, guilty of anything. Right.
2: <laughs> not too Check my Facebook
1: page. You'll see why. Mm-hmm. Got, it's got a gas gauge on it. That says empty for white guilt. All right. So you can check it out. Uh, share it with your friends because it's a truth. Yep. It is really God- Honest truth. All right, special day today. I'm really excited. We've got uh, uh, Janelle Fulmer here. She is the chairwoman of the Arkansas GOP. Uh, that wasn't her voice. That sounded like a male. She is not identifying as a male. She is here uh, as the chairwoman. Seth Mays is sitting here. He takes care of the communications side for the Arkansas GOP as well. I invited him to come on in and, and be part of the show today as well. Uh, oh. The question that begs to be answered right at the very beginning, Hindrin. what is going on with Hendren? I I, I mean, it makes no sense. You know, when you see somebody do something, especially in politics, you think to yourself, what's the end game that you Mm -hmm. think he has in mind? Mm -hmm. I see no end game to this. Do you see any end game
3: to him? Well, I mean, the the speculation, of course, is that he's going to run for governor. And Why
1: he's not going to win? You don't have a, you don't have a snowball's
3: chance. I think uh, he's had that that dream for a long time, and uh, I, I think he wants to pursue it. Uh, of course, he hasn't made an announcement yet, but I think that's where he's headed. And um, realized he didn't have a chance in the Republican primary against two women who are very conservative. No, so- he
1: finished fifth. as i've been been saying on the air he would finish fifth in that primary so you know he decided you know not to get in the primary and i understood that that made sense to me but there's nothing changes uh if he runs as uh you know independent doesn't change anything at all see he has a dream what he doesn't understand there's a difference between having a dream and having a pipe dream.
2: <laughs> All right. The one difference, though, and this may be some of his thinking, is if you jump in a party primary, your journey ends in May of next election year. Well, if, if you do what is necessary to get on the ballot as an independent, get your signatures in, then you're in that race until the end. And there may be some thinking that if national money is going to come in to this race, it's going to be after May. It's going to be towards the general election, and I think he's betting the Democrats will come out with a weak candidate, which is probably a very good bet when you look at their farm team or, or lack thereof. And they have nobody
1: on the bench, that's for sure. Right,
2: and so he's thinking as the only other person, aside from whoever our nominee is, that will have some accreditation with at least a title in front of his name on the ballot is Senator Jim Hendren. He's hoping that maybe he can get, I think, siphon off some of that Democratic vote but Mm -hmm. Dave here in Arkansas we don't have a runoff in a general election it violates um, federal civil rights act to have runoff elections like that in a general a plurality is enough so um, I I think you're right I don't think there's a path in the primary I don't think there's an independent lane um, but I think he's committed to running Mm -hmm. and so you go with something that at least might have a point five percent chance you're telling me there's a chance you know you go with with something rather than what I think would be a a pretty definitive primary for him from his standpoint, not coming through. So
1: who's telling him this? Is it somebody he's paying a whole lot of money to and they're telling him what he wants to hear? I don't think Jim Hendren has to be told. I, I think he is leading himself. <laughs> you're right about
0: that. Now, you're,
1: you're right about I would go along with that. You are absolutely right.
3: I think, too, he's a, a, a part of a very, perhaps very minority segment of our our uh republicans who believe that our party is moving too far right and he thinks that perhaps if he is the center ground he might siphon off some votes as he said from the democrats as well um i think he's wrong i mean he may get a few wrong but i think i think that arkansas republicans are far more conservative than he believes
1: i'm just looking at thinking of that and i'm going have they looked at tennessee have they looked at Texas, have they looked at Oklahoma? We're not even, I mean, I don't think that we're close to being as conservative, for instance, as Texas mm-hmm. is, or even Tennessee. Tennessee doesn't have a state income right. tax anymore. I mean, yep. that's what I'm looking at. By the way, I heard something yesterday. You guys can tell me if you heard this rumor as well, that uh, there is a, a segment within the uh, Republican Party in the house that's looking at a way to get rid of uh, your attacks on your home.
2: Yeah, no, I, I, I've i heard. You've heard this. Well, something like that. I wouldn't take that as gospel, that that's going to come to fruition. But, I, you know, I certainly think, you know, some folks would be looking at that. Just to pick up on one thing, though, just to take a, a half step back. Sure. The idea that if if you are, you know, disenchanted with the direction of the party, of the party that you've been a lifelong member of, the idea that you change the direction of that party by your moving yourself yes. does not make sense to anybody. Yes. Yes. I and agree. So you've got to, I, I'm a real big believer in you take people at their word. Mm-hmm. But I can take your word and I can put it on the table and I can say that doesn't make sense. If you don't like the direction of the party and you and you want to change that, how do you change that as now an independent state senator as opposed to a Republican state senator? how do you change a party you're leaving Mm -hmm. (laughs) if that is that's his stated goal so Mm -hmm. i think it begs the question well how are you going to do that and you know our friends in the press they're your friends not mine you know they didn't ask didn't ask questions to that nature to the surprise of none of us but that's the question that i think has to be asked
1: well i don't expect jim Hendren to get over here to the studio anytime soon
2: <laughs> have you invited honest. him I'm, i will invite him over i mean i he's been on my show before okay. doesn't seem like he's turning down interviews at the current moment no. It looks like he's doing every one he can <laughs> i'm
1: sure that he would do so and it would be an interesting interview mm-hmm. to, to, to say the <laughs> least okay it's a quarter after six we'll take a break we'll come back we got a big announcement to make about our chair person chairwoman is a chairwoman
3: I say, chairman.
1: Just chairman, okay. It's chairman, all right. As you wish. And she'll she'll uh, she's going to tell you she's she's going to be part of a very important segment of the Republican Party nationally that we want to talk about. Yes, then I want to work it into locally as well, so we we can talk about all that. I want to tell you about St. Clarity Residential Cleaning. If you want to get some deep cleaning done at your house, these are the people to use. Uh, when they say they clean your house. I I would say, you know, I, I would have to go and steam clean the inside of my house to get the cleanliness that these folks do. Uh, they used kinds of uh, different products to kill COVID-19 and things of that nature. Uh, it's more than just mopping and running the sweeper. Let's just put it that way. Of course, I'm going to be using them because I've already bought one of my 50% off uh, certificates, and I can't wait till they have to dust my house. And have to go through about the, uh, the 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 inch and a half of dust that's on the shelves around my house. So anyway, that I'm going to use them here in the next couple of weeks. You can do the same thing if you got a home that's 1,500 square foot or smaller. Typically, it would cost you 200 bucks to have them come in and and deep clean it. Uh, if you buy your certificate through us here at one o one FM, The Answer, it's only 100 bucks. You know that's. Pretty doggone good. 2,500 square foot, typically $300. You get a certificate 50% off. It's only $150. So uh, we're down to the last three certificates, so you need to call today, 404-6560. Call after 9, talk to Chuck. He'll get you all set up. Now, that is what I heard yesterday. Uh, Ed Monk may have bought the last three. I don't know, because he told me yesterday when or Monday when he left, that he was going to buy them. So we'll see if that happens or or not. Uh, but the bottom line, if you want them, call them, 404-6560. Get your house deep cleaned by the folks at St. Clarity Residential Cleaning. All right, 20 minutes after 6 here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. Our special guest is the uh, uh, the chairman of the Arkansas GOP. That's uh, Janelle Fulmer and you get to tell everybody the the national can, uh, uh, party is working hard on yep. elections and getting them cleaned up. Correct, uh, and you're going to be part of that.
3: I am. I'm uh, very excited. What are you doing? Uh, the chair chairwoman, Ronna McDaniel, has uh, appointed uh, members to a new newly formed uh, committee there at the RNC called the Election Integrity Committee, and I am very very honored to have been appointed to that committee. Um, We are going to be looking at the 2020 elections, find out exactly what went wrong, and uh, figure out ways to fix it, Um, come up with model legislation for states. We're going to target states, particularly states that have um, Republican legislatures, Republican governors, Mm -hmm. and uh, work with them to enact some really strong election law, make sure that it's carried out, make sure that um, the legislatures retain their power, and that overreaching governors or attorneys general or secretaries of state don't come in and try to change those laws right before an election, like happened last time. so it's an exciting venture i think I think it can be very successful. We're going to put a lot of work into it, and I think you'll agree with me that there are not very many legislators who want their powers restricted or or usurped by um, an, another official that isn't elected to do that. I think they right. like the power that they feel like they have, and they don't want anybody taking it from them. So that's where we're going to target our, our energies.
1: Yeah, it's a constitutional power. I, I keep trying to remind people that I understand we all think that uh, there was a lot that went amiss in this last yes, election.
3: definitely.
1: But uh, it went amiss in different states, and it's up to those states to change things my my biggest worries is that the american people get so fed up that they pass over or come up with uh some kind of a uh, constitutional amendment that they pass through the states that take away the power from the states we don't need the the power to be taken away any more than it's already been taken away you know those people have you know for better or worse we got to figure out how to educate them enough that they understand that the people that are in power in their state doesn't have their best interest in mind.
2: Yep. One of the great things about this committee, too, the Voter Protection Committee of the RNC, I hate to put you on the spot, I forget how many members there are. Um, on this committee but there are 168 members of the republican national committee that's a the chairperson the national committee man and committee woman for all states territories dc that adds up to 168 Uh well this committee is much smaller than that so it's great to have a platform uh, and a member on that committee and it's also being headed up the chairperson of the committee um, is joe gruters he's the chairperson for the state of florida and when you look at Florida, say what you will about Jeb Bush, he did two things exceptionally well. One was school choice. The second yep. was fixing what went wrong in 2000, so that it doesn't happen again. And now here we are in 2020, and the first swing state, always now to be pretty concise and quick on reporting, is Florida. Notice there—I mean, they're quicker mm-hmm. than some of the other states on the East Coast. I mean, they—they they have quick returns now, and, and they've made substantive changes to fix their system. You would. Mm-hmm hope a state like Pennsylvania would want to be like Florida in that respect and not be laughed at in the future. We will see. Mm-hmm. Right. That's yeah. so it. Yeah.
3: Governor DeSantis then has added to the the uh the improvements there with their voting and their election systems and did a lot of cleanup after was it 2016? I mm-hmm. think, and he's done he's done remarkable work. So Florida, I would agree with you as a model state right now for election.
1: Well, they've done DeSantis has done really well mm-hmm. i will not be surprised to see him throw his hat into the ring to run for president to be honest i think that will happen
2: it's going to be a crowded field it once is. again it yeah
1: is. yeah it'll be a we'll go back to when when trump came out of nowhere mm-hmm. all right. right but uh there's a lot of people i mean i two women that i think that we will see there i think nikki haley is going to be up there and i do think that the governor from south dakota is going to mm-hmm. be up there And both of those women are formidable. I mean, seriously, they're formidable. So let me ask this of you then, uh, Chairman. Uh, What are we doing here in the state? All right. How are we attacking this problem that we ran into in Pulaski County? Mm Because it was a debacle.
3: Right. Mm -hmm. Well, And as we were just saying, it is up to the legislatures to write strong election law. And so are
1: you working with
3: them? I, I have not worked with them on okay. this. Um, but um, as as Seth was discussing during the break, um, Mark Lowry right now has a bill. Um, good
1: friend of the show.
3: Uh, on, on voter ID that um, is, is going to be a very good bill, strong election law. And I think there will be some others coming up um, that we can look at. So that's where we have to start. We have to get the – and I would – You know, I'd like to see what laws are on the books already. Um, I think there are a lot of laws on our books that aren't being followed. Mm -hmm. So I think that's uh, also a good place to start. But I do know that we do have some good ones coming down the pike.
2: Yeah, what are you hearing, Seth? Well, one thing I'll say is. The party doesn't have a, an attorney per se, but we work closely with a lot of them, and what do you know? There's a lot of attorneys involved in politics, and <laughs> A.J. Kelly, who you probably know was the uh, attorney of record for Jim Sorvillo and probably knows yeah, a lot I'm of these issues more intimately sure. than, than others, and A.J. I know has been very involved in that in that process and – I in fact called him yesterday on another election related bill that I said tell me if I'm reading this wrong but here are the problems I see in it. So we've got him doing the legalese you know interpretation of of these measures but certainly Mark's bill I think right now from the outset of this session was the most substantive thing that I could tell you on day 1 needs to change which is when we say that we have voter ID people believe that that means what it says. Well actually there's a little caveat in the law that says you can sign a sworn statement Uh, saying, you know, under penalty of perjury, you are who you are, such and such. Well, uh, that does not, to the common man, uh, relate the idea of voter ID, because that's just a clear exception. And that was something that many people did in Pulaski County, and in particular, the county clerk here in this county is going to do whatever she can to skirt around the laws. And I mean, there were some folks that did not have a signature on file for signature verification match. Oh, I remember well, we
1: did that whole we story. We grandfathered
2: them in, right, or whatever yeah. her term was. So th- there are some areas to fix that. But fixing voter ID to where it's a true voter ID is. I mean, as Mark Lowry says, let's get it back to what the intent was here. And I mean, the voters of Arkansas have added voter ID in the Constitution. So I mean, it's pretty clear where the people of arkansas that's what i love when democrats say well the majority of people want this hey, you don't have the ground to stand on on this issue they voted it as an amendment themselves <laughs> you know you don't you don't have to wonder what they think on this issue they have told you what they thought on the right. issue
1: all right so we're about halfway through this session now that means the the real bills are about ready to hit hit the fan i mean we have not heard anything about hate crime legislation since before the session started, I'm sure that we'll start hearing the drumbeat shortly, uh, because you know Jim Hendren's involved in that. He's the one who basically put it all together. I think, and I don't know, I don't understand why, and, and I and I don't expect you, Chairman, to say anything about this. But the the bottom line is, I don't understand why the governor, with only two years left in his term, is wanting to spend this much capital on something that is very evident that the majority of the people of this state do not want at all at all i right. mean i can't tell you how many people i've talked to that i would even consider moderates say, i am voting for
2: it yep i think in a situation like that where it's hard to find a political way out sort of like you know as tom cotton explained his vote on certification and i know a lot of people did not agree with that when people Take positions like that, and you can't find a political reason. Maybe there isn't one. Maybe you just take people at their word that that's truly what they believe, and then their intentions are pure, even if it's still not the direction that most people agree with, you know.
1: Okay. we got to take a break. We'll come back. We're going to continue our discussion. We'll talk more statewide issues when we return here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't go anywhere. The uh, chairman is with us for the next half hour as well. All right. Let's continue now on the Dave Ellswick Show here on a Wednesday. It is Wednesday already. Unbelievable! Should I go through the whole litany for him, uh, Heidi? Should I tell him it's it's you know this uh, Wednesday? It's the middle of the weekday. It's you know we're closer now to and that's a good thing. Right. <laughs> that's how we you always in Monday, Monday <laughs> which is a good thing. It <laughs> is. It is absolutely a good thing. Our special guest is the uh, the chairman of the Arkansas GOP. Uh, she's sitting across from me. It's good to have her in the studio. She'll be here often. I uh, I am, as you know, a Republican, and I have no, uh, I make no excuses for that. I think that is the party that has my best interest in mind. Yeah. Sitting right here is the platform, <laughs> all right? And I read it on the air a lot. And I read it for people who say they're Republicans and aren't Republicans. Okay, I do that. But uh, I also say such things, and, and Seth and I were just talking about this during the break. I always say, do not let the perfect keep you from doing good.
2: And there's a lot of people that need to understand that. Hold that platform back up there just so folks on Facebook can know. This is not just a platform. The sunset picture on the front of the platform is the first edition there's the reprint, which most people have right. now, which is the same thing, but it has a picture of the headquarters. Oh, so Dave okay. Ellsberg just doesn't have a platform. He has, I've had this for he a while. has the first edition wow. of the printed platform. Wow. It it's,
1: it's, it's pretty beat up, I've got to tell you. It's pretty beat up. And uh, one of my favorite pictures is in the back of uh, Winter Rockefeller was a member of the National yeah. mm-hmm. Urban League. Mm-hmm. That
3: remains picture. in our updated copy, so yeah. we'll have to get you That's a copy great, of that one.
1: Yeah. No, well, that's all right. In. That, that, things have changed. The number right. one principle is right. <laughs> my m- number one uh, principle, which is the power of faith in God. Amen. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. And God is mentioned in our platform. I do not believe that the Democrats it is mention not it. not at all. No. Nope. Did not mention God. Not in there. Uh, no. Because God's supposed to be out of the marketplace, not in the marketplace. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know how I feel about that as well, if you've listened to this show for any length of time. <laughs> but, you know, what I just said about what Seth and I talk about in, in You know, he believes this. I believe this. Reagan believed this, is that you don't let perfect get in the way of doing good. There's very little we can do in this world that's perfect. Mm -hmm. My wife and I, we had this talk yesterday. We had this talk yesterday because she doesn't believe that men are flawed as badly as I believe it. All right. Look, I believe in the Bible and what the Bible says. We're all all flawed. The Mm -hmm. founding fathers understood that we were Mm -hmm. flawed and that if people were given power, they would try to increase that power. Mm -hmm. And take a look at your government right now. Take a look at what they're doing right now. There was a former Clintonite that was on uh, Tucker Carlson. I'm going to have to get that piece of uh, audio and play it. And she just said, hey, we're at 10 of 10 we're so close to, uh, you know, uh, of tyranny, just complete tyranny here in this, in this country. You're losing rights, left and right, and you're not doing, you're not fighting back. Right? Why? Right. I don't understand that. You're not fighting back. I think a lot of people say, well, how do we fight? You know, you can't trust your elections. You can in Arkansas. So fight on a state level then, you know, do that. We've done a lot to clean up the electoral process here in this state, and they're working on other things. As you just heard, they're, they're, you know, Mark Lowry, uh, state rep, is, is working some legislation. I'll get Mark on and next week, and we'll talk to him about it and have him explain it. Might get him on this week. I don't know.
2: Well, and Senator Mark Johnson, another friend of yours, would be yeah, another one another that I know great is, guy. is working on some election reform issues. And it would be great to, to talk about those from the Senate perspective, too.
1: Do you think, Seth, I guess I, I could ask the, uh, the chairman this question, do you think that we will ever win the battle of special elections? Well, I, We're getting yeah, closer. I we
3: are, I think, just keep plugging away at it, and, and back to what you were saying about um, of becoming a fascist state just creeping in a little bit at a time you take whatever ground you can a little bit at a time yeah. eventually you might get there and i think that's what they've done with their with their fascism just well, a little bit do. at a time they sneak hey in.
1: we got this money here you want the money you want the money and then the people take the money but they don't understand you get like let's say for your whole budget and and i look at this as, as far as schooling goes it's like uh eight to ten percent of a whole school budget but it's ninety percent of the rules.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why right.
1: can't you? Why can't you pray in school and all those other things that we talk about all the time? Mm-hmm. It's because we take the government money. That's right. Money. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Quit being you know sitting at the tit of the of the hog and you we know, don't the sow, not the hog, but the <laughs> sow, and uh, maybe uh, find out we could break away from that. Mm-hmm. But boy, mm-hmm. I bet you what that ever came up into a bill? Oh. The
2: lamenting sackcloth and ashes, they'd be throwing it over their heads. Well, you're right. I mean, that's where, you know, the rubber really meets the road, though, is on the local issues like that school boards. And I think mm-hmm. that's the strategy of the Democratic Party, who, as we said earlier, just doesn't have a farm team mm-hmm. in this state of really any size. They, they, their plan is to run folks. I mean, they have a, a organization called Run for Something. Which I just laugh every time I read it. What an uninspiring name for an organization! Run for just someone. run for it, please, please. We're begging you, you know. But that's the goal: is is to get a candidate in every race, and somebody's going to get through. I mean, the state Democratic Party was celebrating a local uh, city council win in Northwest Arkansas, mm-hmm. largely because they didn't have another victory in the state of which to celebrate. Um, but that, hey, that is a person that is now through. And now if she wanted to run for state representative, she would have a title mm-hmm. next to her name, some street cred with mm-hmm. a voter who may not really read up and just get there. And ah, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think I know her, you know, because now she she has run for something and broken through. And mm-hmm. that's the goal is just to stick people for racism. Well, we, we talked about this with
1: the chairman when she was here the first time, and that was – uh, grassroots efforts mm-hmm. here in the state, which I think is where the main battle is now. Yes. Here's what everybody's got to get out of their minds. You're not voting for your neighbor when you're voting for school right. board. Not anymore. What right. does your neighbor believe? Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, mm-hmm. what do they believe? What do they want to do? Do they think that it's okay for a, a boy to to uh, be in, in athletics with girls and things of that nature? Well, then you don't – I'm sorry, they may be a good neighbor, but that doesn't mean they're going to be a good legislator. Mm-hmm. Yep.
3: Could I just put in a plug right now for our Women's Caucus? They Go. actually have some legislation um, that was filed, I believe, yesterday, uh, which will take care of that issue here in Arkansas. That I that. Men will that. not be able to compete in women's sports in Arkansas. So I think, you know, kudos to them. I think that's going to be a great bill. It's very important. And, you know, young women who uh, aspire to to go to play college um, sports or professional sports need to be able to compete on a level playing field. So I, I applaud them for that.
1: I was in high school from 1968 to 1971. I, I graduated in 71. And I fought for that. For the the women, I remember when, you know, they used to tell women they couldn't play full court basketball; they had to play half court basketball. Yeah. And I was like, "Dude, have you played with some of the girls <laughs> I <Yeah>. played with?" <laughs> take me; they'd leave me mm-hmm. hanging out there with my jock in my hand. You know, they were good; they mm-hmm. were really good, and uh, I they wanted to play. Mm-hmm. And finally, they they could. I mean, you look like at fast pitch softball now and stuff; it's amazing it what they've got going on. And I always Very tell talented. my my. Uh, my do- my granddaughter says, Well, you know, she says, Granddad, what should I do? I said, Pick up some golf clubs. <laughs> learn how to play golf well. Mm-hmm. They're looking, they're begging for women to mm-hmm. play you know, golf. So you know, so you know do that. Mm-hmm. Seriously, you get mm-hmm. yourself a, a really fine scholarship. But that's all gonna go away if we allow this yes, craziness yes, to continue.
3: It makes no sense.
1: No, and, and my and kudos to Leslie Rutledge because I think she led the charge on this, didn't she?
2: She was, yeah. Her office is certainly involved in it, and I think Missy Irvin. I forgive yeah. me if she's not the sponsor of the bill, but I know this has been an issue that she's been very. Is
1: Robin involved with it? Lundstrom, yeah, yes. as well. Yep. <laughs> one of my favorites. She is.
2: She is one of my favorites. So, uh, and so Robin and, and Missy. Representative Lundstrom and Senator Irvin deserve a lot of credit on that as well. I mean, they're the folks that are going to usher that through, you know. And we actually, at our last uh, state committee meeting, where the chairman was elected, passed a resolution. I mean, basically saying the same thing, that biological women ought to be the ones playing in women's sports. I mean, it's unfair to women, you Uh, know. Yes. I mean, if if you look at the world records, you know, that are around the globe that have been broken um, from a man who is alleged to be transitioned to a woman – who comes in and just blows out a world record in weightlifting? Because, duh, <laughs> what did you expect?
1: Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, it's it's it's, and I'm the one who doesn't believe in science,
2: right? <laughs>
1: you know, I'm the flat earther. That's what yeah. they tell me all the time. I'm the one. Uh, hold on, now I just got a text. Somebody's correcting me about something, so
2: I got to look see what it Imagine. is. It's like at the end of the nightly yeah, News, we're just we going to roll some corrections on yeah. the screen here for everybody at home just to keep that up.
3: Better slow your roll.
1: Okay. I'm, I'm hearing uh, Ken Yang says Representative Barker is the House spot. Okay.
2: your Barker down from uh, El Dorado. Uh, uh,
1: this, that's who the uh, – and then I got something from Kim Hammer, Senator Hammer. I don't know. He just said, we're about to drop a package, and I don't know exactly what he's talking about <laughs> on that. A package on what, Kim? Tell me what you're talking about. <laughs> you know? you say that and i watch too much narcos. i think that's probably on, i watch narcos on
2: so. election reform <laughs> bills i think i know some folks oh, have okay. met to discuss that and and senator hammer was very involved in getting folks in the room some of the folks we've been mentioning okay here, um for some of those things it's just lowry's bill on voter id is sort of the first one through the gate that's okay far. well good I, did, I need to get uh,
1: senator hammer on the show and let him talk about what it is that they're working on
2: is he familiar with radio? Uh, yeah, a bit, <laughs> yeah, a
1: little bit. I. It's so funny. That's a story for another time. But uh, yeah, his show on Saturdays is very, very good. Yep. yep. It's very, very good. He should be proud of it, and I'm sure he is. All right, we'll take our final break, then we'll be back. We'll have another 10 minutes. Uh, I want to talk about, uh, more about uh, how many women now are part of the Republican caucuses. Uh, over at the, the state uh, capitol. That's something to talk about as well. Two of my favorite women, Robin Lundstrom and Julie Mayberry. Haven't heard much from Julie this session. I'm wondering if she's waiting. She loads up her guns pretty heavy, I'm just telling you. See what uh, what she might have. Because, uh, you know, I, the governor got his tax increase through But I still think that we need to go back and revisit how we uh, pay for roads here in in the state of Arkansas and how we go about deciding where roads go. And that in itself is probably a whole show. I could bring Tim Griffin in and we could do a whole show just on that. All right, 13 minutes before 7 here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about Dustin Turner. He is the realtor you should be using. I've been telling you all week about uh, how he'll make a uh, you know give you money cash money on the on the barrel head uh for your home but if you still want to do the open house and the showing of your home and all of that he's the person to talk to because he has a whole crew that deals with that uh, that that whole uh object uh you know third times a charm for some people uh, Toby and Sarah We're selling their home uh, with Dustin Turner. They'd listed their Sherwood home with two prominent agents, no success. They heard about Dustin. They called him. Dustin shared his proven marketing plan and told them what they needed to do to attract buyers and listening to his advice uh, paid off. Dustin listed their home and in a matter of hours, not days, hours, Uh, They had a buyer for the full listing price, and uh, so, you know, we talk about Toby, we talk about Sarah right now, but we could be talking about you tomorrow. You know, I've been telling you, uh, the Ellswick household is not on sale right now, but it's going to be probably either by the end of this year or into next year, because I don't need as much footage anymore. All the kids are gone. So I, I can use a smaller place. So uh, you give a call to Dustin Turner with the home team brokered by eXp Realty, and they'll give you all of the information you new, need to be able to sell your home quickly. The uh, the phone number, 501-952-2969, 501-952-2969, or online, all right, let's get into our last, last segment here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show for a, a Wednesday for the 6 o'clock hour. Next hour, don't forget, Congressman oh, Hill God. will be on from 7.05, 7.30, Congressman Westerman from 7.35 uh, until 8 o'clock. A lot of things going on in Congress. Of course, uh, Biden trying to get his $1.9 trillion <laughs> uh, dollar, um, COVID-19 bill through, which has a whole lot of stuff in it that... Is not even close to being covid nineteen related uh, like a fifteen dollar minimum wage and a lot of other I still don't think that's going to pass, but I think when it gets to the reconciliation uh, committee, it will not live. it will die there i I got my fingers crossed all did, right did you least. see that
3: even Bernie has come out and said that this is not the right time to enact a fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage because of the pandemic
1: well how about that that. can you believe (laughs) it even a broken clock strikes right twice a day (laughs) anyway yeah Bernie's saying he's uh, he's way out there all right so where where are we now here as far as the state what are some of the things that we should be watching for I mean we are getting ready to um, reset up all of the, the voting districts and everything mm-hmm. here and, and there. Uh, Senator Raper thought we should have a special session to, to do that. Mm-hmm. I think I kind of agree with that. We want to get this absolutely right. It's mm-hmm. the first time we've ever done it mm-hmm. as a party.
3: And we also have to wait for the census numbers to come in. And so
2: September,
3: September October, probably we oh will. My
2: God. Well, and that's when you get the numbers. The, then right. you have to apply the numbers. That's okay? right. <laughs> And, yeah, yes, and then the you can really Draw the lines Exactly. So, yeah, I think, we're, we're, I think it's, you know, I don't even know it's a, the biggest secret. I think it's pretty out there now that, I mean, we're not going to hold this session all the way through October. You know, we're going to have to yeah. come back later in the year for special on this issue. And, and that's really one of the things to pick up on. We'd mentioned problems, you know, with elections. When we look at the Servillo case, which is the best example of problems here in this state, there are many issues. One of them, though, Dave, was a mapping error. And in one of the streets on the border of Sorvillo's district, a portion of that street got the wrong ballot. And they voted in Mark Lowry's North Little Rock, Ma, mail district. Really? A couple of, I think it was seven people were affected by that. And that's the biggest thing that we need to be on watch. And I'm telling you about it now, which lets you know we already know to be looking right. for this, are mapping errors like that. Because every everybody... <laughs> or let me rephrase it this way every office not our junior senator's office is going to be on the ballot you know this is that one election where every state right. senator is up yeah you know, every, we, everybody but Cotton. right and we changed of course the terms for county officials right for four years and we're hitting that stride again this next election so every every office is going to be on the ballot or has the chance to be should it be contested and in these districts are going to be You know, anew, the county districts drawn by, you know, the commissioners, the state legislative districts, which are drawn by the Board of Apportionment, the governor, secretary of state, attorney general, and um, then the federal congressional districts, which will be drawn by the legislature, which is why we're going to need to come back for a special session once we get those census numbers, whenever we do get them. I wonder they're finding census numbers after the bell, you know it's it kind of where where are we finding these? Why is it taking so long? Did we not know twenty twenty was coming up' <laughs> it what, the question I,
1: what and, <laughs> and I don't know if you have anything to say about this chair Men or not, and that's about the number of illegals that can be counted into the census dealing with you know these districts being redrawn and stuff. That's a dangerous precedent that we're talking I about. I would agree.
3: I would agree, but uh, I think they they're counting them, right? Yeah, so
2: that's what I hear.
3: That's um,
2: well, it really throws off the balance of being properly represented. For instance, if I'm in a South Texas congressional district, mm-hmm. and for the purposes of apportionment, we have included folks who are actually not American citizens in in the census number it then actually means that the voting population is less in that district than it is in any other district. And suddenly folks are kingmakers because it doesn't take but just a handful of votes to get elected. We have a a district in northwest Arkansas that was Republican-held, now held by a Democrat, and it's one of those districts that voter turnout is just so low because if there is a district that folks have moved out of in northwest Arkansas, that just by happenstance is the one, and so it's a lower percentage of participation than other districts
1: is that the Fayetteville that finger would, no
2: that would be the Megan Godfrey <laughs> district <laughs> yes, which okay. we lost so all right people love the Fayetteville finger I, I, don't, do, think, I, I, I don't think it's going to live on I think it's gone now. I'm
1: hoping <laughs> I'm hoping that that is the case if Governor Beebe was that was the biggest bunch of crap mm-hmm. I
2: ever seen between him and But Daniel. they weren't partisan we're the partisans oh, right. Right. of course. that's right that's
3: right and that's why now that's why now of course they want um um a commission to start um redrawing these lines instead yeah, of our they've cheated
1: for 130 exactly, odd years exactly but we've Dave, never
3: even had an opportunity to I know. gerrymander it's an independent but independent commission
1: that's Dave. the problem <laughs> it's an independent commission yeah we've we've talked about that on this show too but yeah it's it's a, it's interesting that now you know there's been so much partisanship and nobody stops to think Well. Who had the partisanship? Because right. Republicans have never done this before. Never done. It's all been the Democrats.
3: Exactly. exactly.
1: So it's a pot saying they're black. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't know if I can say that anymore. I mean, the pot calling itself for white. I don't know. Yeah, can't go I can't work know. for Coca-Cola. I can't. I've got I to come into consideration with my whiteness here. Anyway, bottom line, it's great to have Chairwoman. No, I'm going to say woman this time. Uh, chairwoman, and I, I've I've already been politically corrected enough <laughs> on that that I I say it, but uh, it's good to have you here, uh, Miss. Thank you very much for coming in, and I'll work with Seth here. Cause he's the guy I got to work with, and although I like him a lot.
2: He's been part of my show for many, many years know. now, 10 years? No, no, it hasn't been that long. The first long time yet. I was on with you was CPAC in Fev, in February of 2017, about a month after Donald oh, Trump's really? yeah. Okay. Well, i got to get out of here just get ready for long the long. congressman. <laughs> They're up
1: next. We'll have you back in. We'll try to work this out on a monthly basis if possible. Washington, D.C. What do you say? You, you like to go to Washington, D.C.? Uh, let's go to D.C. and, and talk with uh, our uh, wonderful congressman up there, uh, French Hill. And uh, Congressman Hill, $1.9 trillion. That's all I got to say. And I can just turn over and say you got the rest of the half hour to talk about it.
4: Wow. Dave, uh, great to be with you. hope uh, you all survived, survived 20 inches of snow last week. And this week we've got, uh, I think, the groundhog woke up, came out of his tunnel, and saw $2 trillion in spending for the next six weeks because the Democrats are moving this $1.9 trillion spending bill this week, even though we have a trillion dollars in unspent, covid relief that congress has appropriated including uh the 900 billion that we just appropriated december 27th and is just now finding its way out to the states and to our schools and to our uh to our needs including our small businesses around the country
1: well i i saw that the schools are jumping up and down because they've been given even more money is that right
4: yeah, schools in this bill would get an additional hundred and thirty billion dollars on top of a hundred and ten billion that we already allocated to reopen schools. And the the frustrating thing about that it's it's not targeted. You can get the money even if your school's not open. Uh, it gives teachers through their labor unions access to the PPP program. So it's 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 really. A progressive wish list. Uh, There's an estimate I've read that I'm trying to tie down that only about nine or 10 percent of the money is actually directly related to covid relief to get the economy back open safely for the American people. So I think my view is it's too much and it's too soon. Uh, And I'm not the only one complaining about this. I mean, Democratic Uh, Economists like Larry Summers, former Treasury Secretary, says it's a mistake to do.
1: Yeah, but it looks like it's going to go through reconciliation and get passed. Is that not true?
4: Uh, It is true. I mean, uh, of course it's going to pass the House. Nancy Pelosi controls the House. And in the Senate, uh, there have been some – Senator Manchin, Democrat of West Virginia, has offered some – concern about the bill but uh there's gonna have to be significant concern in the senate for it to be blocked because it only takes 51 votes in reconciliation
1: wow unbelievable do you think the 15 dollars minimum wage has any chance bernie sanders has even said now that maybe that's a far reach
4: I think it would be hard to qualify under the Senate's budget reconciliation rules. And my view on this is, look, labor markets are local. We deal with uh, minimum wages at the state level. Arkansas just voted to actually increase their minimum wage over a number of years. I think it uh, is now $11 on January 1st. And labor markets are very local, and that's why I've always believed that if you're going to have a minimum wage, you ought to debate that and set that locally in your local state. And that the federal minimum wage, if you demand it and implement it, you could have a very uh, negative implication on starting jobs and early jobs and trainee-type jobs in the country. Youth unemployment's already 11% right now. Uh, in contrast to the fact that the state unemployment rate in Arkansas is four, so I think it would hurt unemployment. And the Congressional Budget Office says that over well well over a million jobs would be lost if you if you increased it the way they propose.
1: What do you you think? I'm just talking about the president now because this is the most leftist president we've ever had. He even surpasses FDR as far as coming up with all this progressive BS that he's pushing. The whole thing about gun rights, there are millions of Americans who, if he can get his way, are going to suddenly become criminals. I'm sure you're aware of that. Are other people aware of that in Washington?
4: You know, uh, the registration bill that I think Sheila Jackson Lee has introduced. she's a congresswoman from Houston. um, I don't hear a lot of talk about it, which is uh, good, because I hope it's not something that the Democrats think they're going to move across the House floor anytime soon. It really heads in the absolute wrong direction for people who believe strongly in in protecting our Second Amendment rights, Uh, in addition to all the bad things about it, Dave, that, you know, just are instinctive. Like, really? You're going to make people register guns and ammunition in this country? What's to be gained by that? How does that stop criminals from using guns? I I know this has been a debate for decades, but it's just uh, not the right direction. And uh, I don't think people are have heard as much about it as, uh, and I'm glad you're bringing it up, just so that people are aware that there are folks in Washington that think like that.
1: Well, they not only think, it, they're going to push it.
4: Yep, and we've got to push back. And I haven't seen uh, Biden has, has said he's going to be a for gun control, but I haven't seen him propose something directly. Uh, so if this is a proxy for what he's going to do, he's going to have a uh, a real fight on his hands, I think, and I don't I don't see how that could possibly pass the uh, U.S. Senate with a sixty vote requirement, and I'm I, I think that's a turn off to a lot of people in the House. Uh, so with the narrow majority the Speaker has, all right.
1: You talk about the speaker having a narrow majority, but she has a lot of power as speaker to make it difficult on representatives that don't basically march lockstep with her, which she needs to get these things through that she wants done.
4: Well, she is uh, going to do everything she can to put this far left agenda, including the things that we've talked about, using budget reconciliation. Uh, and then she's got her members where she wants them. She won't, they can't possibly vote against her on a Democrat led reconciliation bill, and they have to swallow whatever is bad in it. And uh, she knows that's her only tool to get the most. Uh, far-left progressive agenda through is to use budget rec- reconciliation. As conservatives, our, I would say our biggest uh, fight to stop that is the fact that the Senate rules are very specific about it has to either be you know saving money, it has to be reducing expenses, and so that makes it a little more challenging uh, for the Senate parliamentary to approve it uh, but they will use every trick in the book to get it. And that's how they, as you say, with their narrow majority, that's how they box them in and don't let them have a choice in vote.
1: Well, yeah, if you want to see, you know, we used to say bringing bacon home to your district. If you want any bacon, you better <clears throat> march the way the Speaker wants you to.
4: Well, I'm glad you brought that up because the Democrats are also making a uh, move to, Uh, bring back earmarks, uh, which remains to be seen if they can get the votes for that as well. Um, My view is that, um, you know, she's got power to get uh, what she wants now because of the way she operates. And if she puts things in omnibus bills, she dares people to vote no on the Democratic side and that's how she uh, holds her vote. But If you bring these items up bill by bill, issue by issue, I think she'll lose uh, lose her, some of her members, and that gives us a shot to beat her on the House floor.
1: All right, fantastic. Our guest, Congressman French Hill here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Congressman, a quick break, and then we'll be back to uh, talk further. Let's talk about Iran, when we come back, and what does the president want to do with them? Don't forget about David Lucas Financial. They have the ultimate retirement planning checklist that you need to get. And what this does is it helps you prepare for your retirement. Now, if you're past 40 years old, you should be thinking about it in a serious way because, you know, that that, that amount of time will uh, pass you very, very quickly, I'm I'm living testament to that. I turned 68 just uh, last week and I can tell you that was a stunner to me. I couldn't believe that I was 68 years old, but I am. And you're going to be there as well one day. Be ready for it by getting all of your things in order for your retirement. If you get you know just a couple of things out of whack, you can take your whole Retirement train off the rails. So don't do that. Get the ultimate retirement planning checklist. Are you ready to retire from David Lucas Financial? Call 501 222 3315. That's 501 222 3315 or go to DavidLucasFinancial.com. All right, we continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We've got Congressman French Hill on with us. He, of course, is from District 2 here in uh, Arkansas. And, uh, Congressman, our president seems like he is bound and determined to uh, handcuff us again with Iran. What's your thoughts about what's going on there?
4: Well, Joe Biden has so far across the board, as we talked about with the, the uh COVID-19 bill and everything else and the 40 executive orders, he's really, it seems to me, had no original ideas. He's just done Obama 2.0. So even though Iran has violated the agreement, including this week when they uh, threw all the U.N. inspectors out, said they would no longer allow any uh, U.N. inspectors in their daily review of, uh, of Iran's nuclear facilities, something that was in the 2015 agreement, He's just assuming that it's the thing to do, i.e., go back to the Obama policy after four years of President Trump and four years of change around the world on a million different topics. So this is a mistake to try to go back in the Iran deal. I had hope at the beginning of the administration that they knew that wasn't realistic. The Iran deal has been broken by Iran, and they have continued to violate it all this time. So I think him talking to Iran is there a way to stop the nuclear weapon and propose something different. Uh, that's certainly his prerogative, but to go back into the Iran nuclear deal would be a mistake in my view. Well
1: You know, our president Trump did really well in uh, the Middle East, uh, although the press wouldn't give him credit for it. He did a lot of great things of bringing uh, Arab countries into working with the Israelis, uh, moved our consulate, things of that nature. What are we hearing from this president about what he intends to do? It seems to me He's been been awful quiet about Israel.
4: Well, uh, if my memory is right, he's confirmed that the embassy will stay in Jerusalem. I think that's smart. But the Abraham Accords, uh, which President Trump led, which are bringing additional peace signatories and economic and travel benefits between Israel and the UAE, And a a longer beginning, longer list of Arab countries uh, is the first major step forward towards peace between the Palestinians and Israel that we've seen in decades. We really have not made any progress there since the Clinton administration. So I think this is a a major step that the Trump administration has taken. And uh, Joe Biden would be smart to stick with this new direction, which is not coddling Iran, uh, which is building a, a peaceful coexistence on paper and in reality between the Arab states and Israel that will allow, in my view, Uh, finally pressure on the corrupt uh, leadership and the Palestinian Authority to come to the table with Israel.
1: Even his own party is telling him, don't screw it up over there. But this man seems like that he's bound and determined to do what they did four years ago and four years before that
4: uh no new ideas they're they're taking their lead on spending money from Nancy Pelosi they're taking their lead on international leadership from Barack Obama and you know just because they left office in uh January 20 uh 17 doesn't mean that the world has stood still. It's moved on from Barack Obama and from those priorities. And we're just literally trying to go back to something that you can't go back to now. And in foreign policy, things change every day. So uh, we've got Bernie Sanders in charge of domestic policy in the Joe Biden White House. And we've got Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, I guess, behind the scenes running the foreign policy. Yeah.
1: And we don't need that anymore. No, Man.
4: I mean, it's just a, this. Joe Biden is not leading. <clears throat> I don't see anything that has Joe Biden's fingerprints on the direction we're taking on foreign policy or domestic policy. He's just literally, it's a Obama retread. And um, those were not successful foreign policies, and they were very controversial domestic policies. And we've just put ourselves right back in this box. So uh, that's why we are. Organized and pushing back on this, and we need our friends in the Senate, uh, big time, bigger than ever now, to help us support that effort. But we're gonna, we're gonna do it.
1: You know, it, it's interesting about the president because when he was running for president, he kind of referred to himself as he wanted to be a transitional president of bringing the country back to what it had been before Trump. But here recently he's been talking about maybe even running for reelection. Do you think that's really serious or is he just putting it out there to keep the the, the pressure off of those in the Democrat party that might be thinking about the top office?
4: Well, I don't think anytime you're elected uh president you should upon inauguration say you're not going to run again because i think you take all your a lot of your moral authority and weaken your hand politically in your own party and across the aisle so uh it may well be you've you've uh, outlined his his strategy uh and i i would encourage him to do that because i think it just creates a worse environment as opposed to a better environment
1: all right. Last couple of questions for you. The Equality Act that uh, the, the Speaker of the House wants to push through and even the president, what's its chances?
4: Well, I'm sure it'll pass the House. Uh, it passed the House last Congress. This is a terrible, terrible piece of legislation. It's the Inequality Act. Uh, it doesn't do It's poorly written, poor definitions. Uh, It uh, brings up this whole Title IX issue and uh, the unfairness to female athletes in our country. I mean, it's it's really terrible policy. But Nancy Pelosi passed it in the last Congress, and she's going to try it again this time. And I think that will not pass the Senate, in my view. She's also going to bring up your favorite HR one, which yeah. uh, federally takes over elections. That's coming up in the next few days. Uh, same day voter registration, no voter ID. The federal government takes over the process away from the states. It's, uh, this is uh, uh, a bad idea fest that we're having up here in the house.
0: Yeah,
1: that's uh, that's people aren't even really hearing about that bill yet and it would change elections
4: for the worse 100% including using taxpayer money to help pay for senate house campaigns uh, i haven't read the the latest if there are any changes from the last uh, last congress's version of hr1 but you had as I say, 16 year olds vote. You had no voter. ID. It preempts any voter ID requirements by the states. You had same day voter registration. It facilitated um, ballot harvesting, which is uh, the ability to help a group of people vote if it's not a relative, not a caregiver. Uh, It's really bad, and if you dislike the 2020 election procedures and the pandemic in some of our states, then this bill is for you, Uh, because it's just filled with bad ideas that will make our elections, in my view, uh, less secure. All right.
1: Appreciate you, Congressman. Have a good day, and we will talk to you next week. All the best, Dave. All right. Bye-bye now. Uh, Congressman French Hill here on the Dave Ellswick Show. There's a lot going on nationally uh, up in Washington, D.C. I believe our congressional delegation is voting the right way on this uh, material and voting to stop it. But you know what? When you're in the minority, you do what you can and uh, just uh, understand elections have consequences and uh, go from there. All right, Congressman Bruce Westerman will join us after the news. I also have a piece of audio I want to play for you from Tucker Carlson uh, from a, uh, a Clintonite, uh, a person in the Clinton administration who says uh, this whole pandemic thing uh, is leading us to totalitarian government. Well, that's right. She said it, not me. We'll talk about it when we return here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show, waiting for our call from Congressman Bruce Westerman. We'll talk to him in a moment before we get to him. I got a piece of audio for you as well. Uh, but before I get to that, there's not a litany of things that I got to do yet. Uh, PI Roofing wants you to know that they're ready to come and, and service you now. The weather is a lot nicer now. We get We're looking at a little bit of rain here in the future, but... Uh, Nothing like, uh, you know, the snowstorm we have or, you know, really severe weather. So uh, in between the raindrops, they can get up on your roof, check things out, make sure things are working uh, correctly. Uh, They're catching up with their appointments now because the, uh, of course, winter weather put them a little bit behind schedule. So keep uh, that in mind. But uh, if you want your last line of defense to be 100 percent, then you need to let Pi Roofing come to your aid. Uh, they follow all the protocols for COVID nineteen, so you don't have to worry about that. They will get up and check your roof, and if there's anything wrong, uh, they will make sure uh, that uh, they let you know what it is, and then they'll work with your uh, insurance company to make sure that uh, things get uh, get done in a timely manner. All you got to do is call them at 707-3551, 707-3551, or visit them online at piroofing.com. Uh, now, I understand the congressman is with us. Uh, good morning, Congressman Westerman. How are you?
5: Good, Dave. How are you
1: doing today? I'm, I'm doing great. Hey, by the way, did you happen to hit uh, hear Naomi Wolf on uh, Tucker Carlson the other night talking about... Uh, using the pandemic to strip the American people of their rights? Um,
5: no, I didn't hear that, but I know that's a uh, that's a concern, and I, I say that as I walk around up here in Fort Pelosi. Um, <laughs> you know the the high wire, high fence with the razor wire and the uh, National Guard troops everywhere. It's,
1: okay. uh, I. I've got, I've got this, this segment. It's just a little over two minutes long. I'd like you to hear this because it is very, very thoughtfully offered to us. And, and remember, it's Naomi, uh, Naomi Wolf. She was a Clinton advisor, and you wouldn't expect to hear what you're just about to hear from her right now.
0: Power and government power, which is really characteristic of Italian fascism in the 20s, um, and they're they're using that to. Engage in kind of emergency orders that that simply strip us of our rights—rights rights to property, rights to assembly, rights to worship—and all of the rights that our constitution guarantees. So people are definitely horrified and noticing. I think people are shocked and um, and and divided, as I mentioned before. And the other thing that happened is you said this has all been very sudden. Um, and when you look back, you know, March of 2020, a lot of things started to move that kind of locked into place a set of policies that are kind of 360-degree, full-on, right. totalitarian policies. So I think a lot of us are kind of in culture shock. Uh, luckily or unluckily, I've been studying closing democracies for 12 years, so I recognized early on, you know, once once I realized New York State had emergency powers, I know from history that no one gives up emergency powers willingly. Right. Uh, they always drag it on and drag it on. And so every month I'm getting in my email an announcement that Governor Cuomo is extending emergency measures, extending emergency measures Uh, only from studying history do I know how predictable it is when you start to have um, elected officials say we are not going to follow the constitution because there's a pandemic and I just want to say lastly and then I promise I'll stop um, nowhere in the constitution does it say all this can be suspended if there's a bad disease we have lived through typhus cholera smallpox hiv tuberculosis polio the spanish flu you know we've lived through an attack on our soil never have there been months months and months of emergency powers when we weren't actually fighting a war so right. um this is completely unprecedented lockdowns have never been done before in free societies and really we're turning into a version of a, a totalitarian state sort of before everyone's eyes and i i really hope you know we wake up quickly because history also shows that it's a, a small window in which people can fight back before it's too dangerous to fight back
5: Man, I'm starting to think that we're being divided as a country precisely so we don't have conversations like this.
1: that That's pretty telling right there. That was very, very well articulated.
5: Yeah, she did a good job with that, and it uh, goes back to the old uh, uh, Democrat mantra of not letting the crosses go to waste, and they're squeezing every drop of blood out of the turnip on this one. Uh it's, metal detectors around the house chamber we got offensive and and wire and National guard troops here um, and you know, the whole way of life across the country been altered and uh, you know Pelosi used this to consolidate power with remote voting remote hearings and the result of it is policies like they're trying to push through this week you know a two trillion dollar Supposed COVID relief package that about 9% of it is actually to help with COVID and the rest of it uh, pay payoff for the Democrat Party. Then you've got the Equality Act and you've got a, a big bill that I'll be managing on the floor from our side on the uh, it's a big public lands grab act where they're going to lock away another 1.2 million acres of public lands for no development.
1: It's crazy stuff. I mean, I I hear what Naomi Wolf is saying, that uh, maybe people are kind of in shock about some of the things that are happening, but they are – this is the velvet glove of the Iron Fist, the way that they present this as you're doing good for your fellow citizen when, in fact, you're taking their rights away.
5: Yeah, you give us give us your rights, and we're going to take care of you. We're going to protect you. We're going to um, you know make sure that you're not harmed. And they they do it all with this with a mask um, that's covering up their real motives.
1: Hmm. Boy, that's really true. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about what's going on up there on the hill. The 1.9 trillion dollar. Uh, COVID-19 relief bill that the president has put forth, most of which has nothing to do with COVID-19, and because you all are in the minority, are going to have probably very little success in stopping.
5: Yeah, in the, in the House, that's Uh, That's true, although I think some of these uh, bills that they'll be doing this week, uh, there could be some Democrats push back on it. Uh, But in the Senate, if they keep the filibuster rule, I think that uh, there's an opportunity to take some of the bad stuff out of it. You know, they've got the $15 an hour federal minimum wage in there that I think that um, they can stop that in the Senate. But it's still a, a terrible bill. Uh, We've got a trillion dollars of coronavirus relief funding uh, that hasn't been spent yet. And, uh, for instance, a lot of the money in here to help with schools can't even be spent until 2022. And schools should be opening now. They should have already been opened back up. You know, the schools in Arkansas are doing a, a pretty good job of opening and, you know, giving students options but uh, across the country, that's a different story. You know, right here around D.C., uh, I've got staff members who live in Maryland whose kids haven't been in school since last March.
1: Wow! Holy cow! How do they feel about that?
5: Well, they uh, my staff members don't like it, but I don't think they represent the. Uh, actually, I think <laughs> I think Democrats and Republicans alike uh, see a problem with with schools, but. Again, this is about the, the big people in schools and not the, the little people, not the students. It's about teachers' unions in Chicago and uh, you know, other places across the, the country that are critical to Democrats' reelection. And this is political payoff for them, is what it is. It really has nothing to do with uh, educating our kids and getting them back in school and keeping them safe.
1: Congressman, are you hearing anything from the other side from the left that they want to see more control over home schooling and charter schools?
5: Oh yeah, that's a threat to the uh, uh, to the public insti- insti- public education institution um, again, where you've got these powerful unions. Uh, they don't want competition, they don't want uh, private schools or home schools or anything that's going to um, uh, force them to improve their standards and again, I preface this by saying we've got it a lot better in arkansas than than most people realize, and there's you know there's problems with public education everywhere, but um, you know I think we've got. We don't have a strong teachers union in Arkansas, and we've got teachers who are there wanting to do what's best for the kids and administrators as a whole, uh, but um, it's not that same story in other parts of the country, and oh. they want the big federal federal bailouts.
1: Yeah, take a look at Chicago. It's a perfect example in New York of how powerful the unions for education are. Uh, with that said, and, you know, Pelosi and, and, wants- go ahead.
5: In this bill, Pelosi's got uh, a new subway out to um, Silicon Valley. You know that's um, that's one of the the highlights of of things that are in the bill that have nothing to do with COVID. Uh, I've asked my staff to go through and develop a list of the the top ten worst uh, provisions in the uh, the Democrats uh, the Biden bailout bill is what we're calling it. And then I'm gonna we're gonna try to put that online and let people select the top five, but I think it'll make eyes roll when you really dig into it and see what's in the bill.
1: So you're gonna be like William Proxmire, huh? You're gonna call the golden turkeys for sure. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Um but and you know that's that bill's taking all the oxygen out of the room, but you've also got this Equality Act where they wanna mm-hmm. put uh males on female sports teams and, um, you know, just horrible stuff with that. And uh, a bill that the Natural Resources Committee um, didn't even get a chance to mark up that they're going to put on the floor that is another federal land grab where they're going to lock up uh, millions of acres of of resources um, and, you know, put an invisible fence around it and not let people recreate on it and not let people uh, develop uh, minerals off of it. There's a, One of these is a mineral withdrawal out in Arizona that, if you listen to the Democrats, you would think there was a, uh, a mining company working on the wall of the Grand Canyon. Uh, but you know the closest point of this mineral withdrawal is about six miles uh, from the boundary of the Grand Canyon, which is protected by the national park out there, obviously. Uh, But it's where the largest deposits of uranium are in the country, about 323 million pounds of uranium, they believe, is in this uh, formation. Um, But, uh, you know, the Democrats don't want us mining it. And and last year, or in 2019 data, the U.S. produced one half of one percent of the uranium that we used. Uh, so uh, you can probably guess where the where the bulk of it's coming from. It's coming from Russia, Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, and from Namibia uh, in mines that are operated by the Chinese. Uh, we used to get uh, uranium from Canada and Australia, but the, that uranium source is uh, going down as a percentage of what we we get uh, because you've got these state run countries that are. uh, dominating the world markets on critical minerals so you can't even um, you know they want to talk about a green economy but the the things you need to build batteries and um, electronic components and you know if you want a real green economy you need nuclear power the uranium to get that we can't mine it from from our lands here so that's the other kind of stuff that they're doing while everybody's focused on this two trillion dollar bailout bill this will kill rural jobs and and uh you know move our our jobs in manufacturing overseas to uh, to china and in places where they have no environmental regulations on how they extract these minerals
1: all right. Let's take a break. I got to get one final break in. When we come back, let's talk about the Equality Act. Let's talk about HR 1. That's a very serious bill that's hanging out there. And you're right. Everybody's paying t- attention to this uh, $1.9 trillion bill, which is understandable, but there's a lot more on the playing field. Our uh, guest, Congressman uh, Bruce Westerman, will continue with him when we return on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, let's finish up our conversation with Congressman Bruce Westerman from District 4 here in uh, Arkansas. And Congressman, you referenced it uh, in the last segment, and that's the Equality Act. Your thoughts on this?
5: Uh, it's another uh, far left. Uh, political payoff it's uh you know it's all the lgbtq stuff and trying to make that mainstream society uh the the worst part of that is you know literally uh i think males playing female sports and i think it's going to be uh very detrimental to uh progress that has been made for uh, equality for women i think it's going to do just the opposite and I had a you know a young lady that works in my office, she was just shaking her head yesterday, she said, I don't see how, and she's not a feminist, but she said, I don't see how anybody that claims to be a feminist could think that uh, this is a good bill. Uh, yet there's a lot of people um, who have worked for women's rights in the past that are behind this crazy uh, so-called the Equality Act uh, that the left is pushing.
1: Well, yeah, and, and there's, you know... I, I don't know if you heard yesterday. Uh, the uh, AG came out along with the Women's uh, Republican Caucus, and they're looking to pass uh, legislation here in Arkansas that keeps boys from, uh, you know, competing against girls. But how does that work if the federal government says no? We know better. And we're going to allow it. It, it. I guess this ends up in the courts, correct?
5: Yeah, it, it ends up in the courts. And the, if, if the courts do what they're supposed to do, is they'll follow federal law, which is not good for uh, those of us who don't think boys should be competing in in girl sports. But uh, uh, hopefully this is another one that the Senate can can stop. Um, and it's just going to get worse. You mentioned H.R. 1. It's the— yes. um, the, it was HR one in the last Congress. It's the Democrats' plan to federalize elections, and they want to take California voting laws and make that the standard for the rest of the country. I think that's going to be coming up next week. I've actually got a a bill that I'm going to file up here, uh, hopefully by the end of this week, called the the Voter ID Act, um, which uh, it doesn't federalize elections. But it uh, makes some amendments to the Help Americans Vote Act that was passed in two thousand and two that um, sets guidelines for states to uh, implement their own voter ID program and also to implement an auditing process uh, with to uh, post the results of the audit uh, within thirty days of the election so that uh, people can see, um, you know, the transparency and the integrity in the elections in their states. And, um, you know, I think the states have to do a lot of work to um, get their laws in good order so that um, people have confidence in the polls and confidence in the elections. And that's, um, you know, after talking to a lot of people, the one thing that I've heard from people that would... They say it would give them more confidence in the election process to have some kind of uh, voter ID program. Mm-hmm. But I think the states need to um, to develop those programs. The Constitution says that states are to carry out federal elections. Um, but I think the federal government can insist that the states have integrity in their elections as well. So, uh, you, you know, I was were, in the state legislature when we passed the, the photo ID law in Arkansas. Right. And we had to override the, the veto of the Democratic governor at the time to do that.
1: Were Were you disappointed that the Supreme Court didn't take up uh, the president's case against Pennsylvania?
5: I, I just saw the headline on that. I don't really know the, the details of it. Um, but, again, that's for the legislature in Pennsylvania to work out. Um, They've got to ensure that there's integrity and that um, people from the executive branch aren't going back to what you were talking about at first, using these emergency powers to change voting laws. Um, And we have a majority of Republican-held legislatures across the country. And in some of these states where the biggest questions were, um, they've got Republican legislatures. So I hope they really... uh, crack down on the administrative sides of their governments during this this session.
1: Well, Congressman, I appreciate your time. Good luck trying to keep up with everything that Nancy Pelosi's throwing at you. We'll talk to you again next Wednesday.
5: Thank you, Dave. Have a good
1: one. Have a great one. All right, Congressman Bruce Westerman here on the Dave Belswick Show. Tomorrow's the Thursday. J.R. Davis in the first hour. I don't know if we'll hear from Seth. Yeah, he told me today he didn't know if he, he might sleep in. And then uh, we've got uh, Joe and Duck. They're going to join with us in the 7 o'clock hour. It's all coming your way. If you missed any of today, go to one zero one one fm TheAnswer.com and re-listen to both of these hours. Talk to you tomorrow, 6 a.m.